Welcome to Season 2 of the podcast, Comics Games Project. And what exactly do we call it, Donnie? We call that the PCG Project Podcast. And just a quick reminder, we have five categories. Setup and learning curve, game balance, replayability, overall theme and design, and cost. And to mention, we have a complex proprietary rating system, which is patent pending. Dave, you want to discuss? It's going to take me a while to explain this, but what we do for each of those categories is we give it a rating of thumbs up, shrug, or thumbs down. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to this month's episode of the PCG Project Podcast. Today, we are bringing you a role-playing game for our miniature slash role-playing themed year. This one's going to be called The Resistance. It's a little bit different than any of the other games we've reviewed so far. This one is a team-based game with spies filtered in that nobody knows about. So I'm going to tell you what's in the box. It's about 5 to 10 players, so it'll take about 30 minutes. And what we have are success and fail cards. We have the team member cards. You can either be spy or resistance. We'll have uh, these little cards that tell you who the team leader is. That'll come into play when Donnie talks about the rules, when they kind of pick the teams. You have your placemats. That's going to be more or less the game board. It's going to tell you how many players, how many spies there should be. It's got a vote track, mission log things like that. You're also going to have some little tokens that show who's playing that round because not everyone gets to play each round. It's going to be a little bit of voting going in on that. And that really dives into Donnie's aspect. So I'm going to turn it over to him. Yeah, thanks, Dave. So, you know, I think we even debated this before, not necessarily today, but role play games, you don't you might not typically think of this game as a role play game, but it's described as that in the rules. And the reason is, is because there's an aspect of role playing within the actual round play. So from a high level, I always like to start at the ends. There's two teams, resistance and spies. The, there's five rounds. The first team to get three wins or three fails. If you're a spy, you want fails. If you're resistance, you want wins. First team to three wins. And to do that, you kind of have to deceive if you're a spy. So deceive the te- other team members. And if you're resistance, you want to flush out who the true uh, resistance is and who the spies are. There's so, always going to be less spies than resistance. Right. So we'll dig into it. So for a five-player game, there's three resistance and two spies. And for a 10-player game, there's six resistance and four spies. And, you know, there you can do the difference in between. And the main setup... At the beginning, you'll first pick a leader at random. Uh, You can decide how you go first, roll a dice or whatever. That leader will shuffle the decks and then hand out resistance and spy cards face down so they don't know um, to everyone. So that's how you decide who is who. From there, you'll also get success and fail cards. Um, The leader will make sure everyone has one of each. We'll talk about what those mean in a minute. And... The leader gets to go first, and again, they don't know who the spies or resistance is. And and before they get to go, everyone closes their eyes, and only the spies open up their eyes. So if it's a five-player game, the two spies will open their eyes. They'll know who each other is, so they know who their teammate is in order to sabotage everyone else. So if you think about it, 
as a spy, you want three fails. You have an advantage because you know who the other spy is. But if you just try to sabotage your mission out of the, out of the gate, you know, the resistance, the other three players will know who you are. So you kind of have to be smart. You have to be savvy. Uh, you can't just go full fail every time or else you'll you'll get you'll get seen. And to talk through the gameplay, the leader will pick, say, on the first mission. It depends on the game board, but the very first round for a five player game uh, is two. Right. So th- there's a team of two. So the leader picks who they want to go. They can pick themselves. They can do whatever. Uh, Say Dave's the leader. He picks me and him. So if we're doing a mission and if I'm a spy and he's a resistance, well, Dave knows who he is. I know who I am. We both get to put accept or sorry, but before we get to go, the whole table gets to do accept or reject, which is kind of irrelevant in the first round because you don't know. But if you're resistance and you think a spy is about to play around, you want to reject that because you don't want the mission to fail, and a spy has an incentive to put fail. The first round, you don't really know that, so you usually just let play through. Once it gets accepted of who is going to play, then me and Dave would put success or fail face down. The leader would shuffle, so they don't know who put down what, but if you know Dave was in the round, he would know. And then those get flipped over. So if I was a spy and Dave was resistance and he picked me and himself, I would naturally put success because I don't want him to know for a fact that I'm a spy. Yeah. And if you were the spy on the first, you would naturally never pick your the other spy on, let's say, a five-player game. You would know who the other spy is. You'd look at them originally. There's no way you would pick them. Obviously, you'd win on that one. But that would make it terrible for the rest of the game. And you have to think strategically to be able to get to your three wins. Right. Unless you want to go deep in it and have a little wink, wink, nod, nod that if me and Dave are spies, I pick him. We both go success to throw everyone off the scent. You can see how it could get interesting. If you like have an unwritten you know, bond with someone and you know they're, they're going to get your vibe, you could, you could F with people, throw them off the trail, and later on in the game just go fail, fail, fail. Because they'll keep putting you on the team thinking you're not the spy. So anyways, as you advance in the round, say you get to round like four and there's two fails in the first round. So you can kind of start to whittle down as a resistance who you think the spy is. You'll you'll just stop putting them on the team or if they get picked for the team, then you can start rejecting it as a resistance to stop them from getting to play the round, playing the mission. The only caveat is, is if there's five rejections in a row, the spies, excuse me, automatically win. So you can win by having three fails as a spy you can win by having three successes as a resistance you can also win as a spy if there's five rejections in a row just because you've messed up the resistance so much that there's just they can't trust anyone yeah it can get it can get pretty cutthroat with this and i'll tell you as someone who was a resistance player once and not a spy they people will not trust you no matter even if you are the good guy You'll sit there and be like, seriously, I want to go on the mission. Please pick me. I'm a good person. And they, if you did something weird or you were in a mission before that failed, you just may never get picked again. And it could screw up the whole thing. It's, it's all just playing games with your friends. If the other spies are really good, then they're really good. Right. Yeah. So you can see how it gets a little dicey because you, you want to be able to trust your friends around the table but you, you can't trust two of them because they're trying to deceive you, and it just it gets difficult. Um, 
I don't know who wins more often in this game. I think the times we've played, I, th- I feel like the spies usually win, but it's dicey. You never really know. Yeah, it really depends. It honestly, it really does depend on who's doing a good job at pretending that they're with everybody else. I mean, you can. There's so much strategy that goes into this game, on even the simple thing. Just discussion has nothing to do with gameplay. Discussion between the group is huge. That's why this is a big role-playing game. I mean, it depends on your definition of role-playing, but you're basically lying to your friends if you're a spy. Right, and um, that's, that's it for the rules. It's pretty simple. The only other thing to just describe so it's in your head, Dave mentioned the, the game board. So each round you play, there's little trackers that show who won the last one. So there's a little red thing for spies and blue for resistance. There's little round markers. You can kind of keep track of where you're at for each round. and the team tokens of who gets to play. They're little guns, so you're bringing them on the mission, so you're giving two other people, or three or four, depending on what round you're at, guns to come along in the mission with you. Yeah, it just kind of symbolizes who's playing that round so no one gets confused, essentially. Right, and no matter what um, resistance or spy person you are, because each one is a different person, uh, it doesn't matter. It's just like for character building to kind of get you in the mindset. Exactly. So let's get up into the uh, setup and learning curve. Sure. I mean, so you can tell that was a, for a role-playing game especially, this was simple. There's not a lot of rules, and it kind of just leaves it at that. Yeah, essentially the little game boards tell you what to use for how many players you have, and then you divvy up the cards. Everybody gets their rejector approve card so that you can put into the middle before each mission just shows if it's a success or fail you put everybody gets those as well so that way you can see which one it is other than that it's it's pretty simple you each people just get a character card you know what team you're on yeah and the rule book's only eight pages and there's a little qr code for the youtube too which you don't really even need but short rule book quick and simple yes. uh, game balance next what do you think i mean i think this one's a kind of a simple one for one of our more simple ones for game balance where you really just got to, it depends on the players. If someone's a good actor, someone's not, then that is what it is. It's out of five. It's it's almost like rock, paper, scissors. Uh, you know what I mean? It's a, it's an odd number of rounds. The person who gets the even number wins. And honestly, there's less spies than there is normal players. So the spies shouldn't win, but good actors can make it so. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, as anyone who's been following, I like to be able to strategize. So I'm a little hesitant on saying it's like super balanced because this is more of a luck of the draw type of game in terms of who you are. Like you could be a spy resistance. And then when you're in that position, if you know your friends well, you should be able to figure out which ones they are, should be able to coerce them a little bit into showing their hands. But we have some friends that I just can't read very well. I'm thinking of one in particular who I don't even know if he would know which one he is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, it, it could get difficult, especially if you're drinking and you're just kind of hanging out. It, it's almost kind of a luck of the draw type of thing, but it's a lot of fun. Yes, for sure. Uh, and then what's up next? The replayability? In one night, I think you could definitely play a good amount of games of this yeah, I'd say when we do like dig into this game, we want to play two or three just so you have a chance to be a spy in resistance and 
you know, the games go pretty quick. I mean, you can debate a little bit, but there's not a ton to it. So the rounds could go. You could play this game. I don't even know what it says in the box, but half hour to an hour. Yeah, it says 30 minutes. And I mean, the minimum players is five. So you have to have a good group together. Which leads more into the replayability. I mean, there's not a lot of games that you're going to be playing this quick for five players. Normally, when you get to be five players and you're playing a game, it's going to take a little bit longer than this one. So this is a definitely replayable one. Because like Donnie said, you're going to want to, if I end up being a spy next round, I'm going to want to play again, win or lose, just so I can play the other side. And you don't know whether or not you can because it's all random. I could get two spies on a row and I'll be like, man, I really want to play again just so I can be resistance this time. Yeah, and I mean, this will probably not look good for us, but we usually have three or four playing these games, so we can't quite amass five that much. To you know, to play because if we had five friends that would want to play, <laughs> we'd play this more. But we don't often play it because we don't often have five. We usually have three or four. Yeah, it's a big group game night. I mean, yeah, that is kind of showing our hands. Who has ten that. friends? <laughs> How many people we hang out with on the normal game night? But. Maybe we'll make it to the five every now and then, but the ten's rough for sure. Right. I always look at this as a good, um, even like a family party game because it's nothing. It's a simple little game, super easy to learn, and you know it's a good thing to have in your car or whatever to bring to a party and play when the the conversation gets stale inevitably. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like a, it's 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 not it's not too complicated to put together so i think like even like your friends that may not like board games too much can kind of get it pretty quick they might screw it up in the beginning because they may not know if they're resistance or spy sort of thing but you know what it adds to this game right it does uh overall theme and design i gotta say for for a pretty simple game these cards are pretty detailed the best thing on here is the score tableaus which they've called game boards but you know they're detailed. They're kind of like little, little different environments within this this made up world. Um, I don't know the best way to describe it, but almost like a apocalyptic kind of. Yeah, they have like a little bit of a background to them on the boards. Uh, the, yeah, it definitely seems it's a futuristic world. It could be cyberpunk. Could be you know wastelandish, depending on how you look at it. But yeah, all the character cards as well are a little futuristic and stuff like that. All the character cards are done well. I mean, other than that, you have your very simple success, fail cards, or approve, reject um, tablets. I don't really know. What what would you call these? I mean, what would you call these things? I guess tablets was a weird word to describe it. But it's a thick cardboard on it. (laughs) It's not your normal card, I guess. Donnie's laughing. It's just it. It's a thicker card, smaller. They did well with it. Yeah, no, it's good. And then the last is cost, which I just googled. I don't know if you have it off the top of your head, but it's seventeen bucks on Amazon right now. Yeah, it's not bad. I didn't even buy this. This is a friend's game that he left here because we usually just play games here. So I didn't even buy this one. Donnie didn't either. So that was a new cost <laughs> evaluation on that. Thanks, Pat. And the one thing I will say is there is a bunch of expansions. We didn't really get into it. Like there's this Inquisitor token. There's the coup, um, the grifters. Like there's a whole bunch of expansions that I think make this a little bit more complicated and, you know, help you build up the game a little bit, which is good. Like it's, 
if you want to buy a game that is just static and has no expansions, you know, it might be fun enough, but it's always good to see, you know, the, the, the company backing it and, and bringing more life to the product. Yes, this has, this definitely has a ton of expansions. I've literally been looking into getting them, but as, as Tony said, we just never really get five plus people together. So it was a little bit, it's not on my top of my list of getting these just because we don't get to play it as often as we might like because this is a, a fun game yep so now we're into the ratings yeah for sure you want to kick it off with a setup and learning curve i'm gonna give it a thumbs up this it's pretty easy you can't really beat that it, it's a small game board you just divvy up some cards and and tell people you're either a bad guy or a good guy and they can figure it out from there. Thumbs up as well for me. No qualms about it. Everything was in the rule books. All right. How about the game balance, though? You're a big game balance guy. Yeah, I got to go thumbs down. I'm sorry. What? I know. So I like this game and stuff, but I just, I don't know. I this It's not like me versus another person. It's team versus team. And I, there's no way for me to possibly consistently win this more than 50%. It's just, it's just, it's fun. It's a fun game, but I just can't see it preposterous they can't make it more even it's based off of humans and you're just saying thumbs down because you don't trust your friends um (laughs) other than that there really is no reason to give it a thumbs down it's a completely balanced as the fact that it's completely random and it's up to your friends to act well or not act you can't blame the game for that oh i also have to give it a thumbs down in this specific category because I foresaw me giving it thumbs up on different areas, and like, there's no way this is the best role playing game that I play. Ah, uh, it's not. Like, if you uh, if we go through the list and you think forward a little bit, this is not the best role playing game. You can't give it all thumbs up. We'll have our replayability. I'm gonna go thumbs up there. I, I like, <laughs> if we had a group of five, I'd like to play this again. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up as well. <laughs> I think that's where you're going with. It. I can see where you're going with it. I might be all thumbs up for this game. Right, right. Overall theme and design. What do you think? Yeah, no, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. I'm gonna, I'm again, I'm gonna go a shrug only because I, I know I said that the tabloids are pretty good, like the game boards. I think they could have had a little bit more fun with the character cards. Like they're just pictures. I think they could have gave you like a little background story, got you in the mood a little bit to like role play. But at the same time, they give a different person for each card. They definitely do it personalized. <laughs> so each time you deal it out, and you'll get a different character. True. There's each just no backstory. You don't know if it's Bill or Fred. True, but there's different backgrounds in each of the uh, game boards. I forget what, Tableau or something that Donnie said. And you know what? Even the success and fail cards, they're like full-size cards for just success and fail. Like, they didn't have to go that hard on it. I think it's a good game design. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I overall would agree. I'm just I'm going shrug. I'm being nitpicky because I'm thinking about the other games in this category in this season that I like way better. And I got I to gotta be nitpicky with this one. I think Donnie's biased because we don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> Shit up. All right, so cost. Got to go thumbs up there. Yeah, it's good. It's a cheap game. Everyone, Dave, full thumbs up on this game. It's his favorite game on the planet. Honestly, so I'll give it a little background on that. We played it at a uh, friend's house originally, and uh, I did give a shout out to Pat earlier on purchasing it. He's not a big gamer, 
and he came with me to like our friend's house to play this game that night. He bought it on our way home from that house. He liked it so much. I liked it that much as well. I guess neither of us realized how little of friends we had. <laughs> we probably should have realized that at that cool game night that we weren't going to be able to handle it. Yeah, I, I think this is a role-playing game, but if you were going to put it against other party games, like the Cards Against Humanity and those like other kind of throwaway party games, I would like this one better. I'm just being harsh on it because it's in this role-playing season that has some great games. It does have great games. But this is but, the best from Dave. By this, these ratings, all thumbs up. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the PCG Project Podcast. I'm Donnie, kicking it over to Dave for his shameless plugs. Yes, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can find me at PCG underscore project on Twitter and Instagram. Our Instagram is always going like crazy. We also have a website, PCGproject.com. You can find us on any of those accounts. The intro and outro music is by Zach McIntyre. It's a role play on everyone. <laughs>